We're continuing our study in the book of Proverbs, and as we've seen, this book is all about wisdom. Uh, It's a book that provides for us ancient wisdom for everyday living. Uh, If the devil cannot get you to be evil or immoral, he'll settle for getting you to be foolish. And so as we read and study Proverbs, because we're learning and hopefully applying the wisdom we're learning here, uh, we can improve our quality of life and our productivity in the service of our king. This morning, we're going to be covering the topic of our words, our speech. What does Proverbs have to say about how wise people communicate? And I'll warn you in advance, we're going to be all over the book of Proverbs, covering a lot of passages, uh, because Proverbs has a lot to say about our speech. Uh, Let's start with a verse that we actually looked at last week, Proverbs 8, verse 13. It says, The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil, pride and arrogance in the way of evil and perverted speech, I hate. So this is uh, a kind of speech that God says he hates. Uh, In addition to pride and arrogance, which we talked about last week, uh, right at the top of the list of things God hates. In addition, God says he hates the way of evil and perverted speech. And notice, uh, according to the first part of that verse, the fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. So part of what it means to fear the Lord to live our lives in a way that is uh, caring most what God thinks about our lives, uh, that means we also should care what God thinks about our speech. And so as we go throughout these passages and look at what Proverbs uh, has to say about the way we communicate, uh, don't have the attitude of, well, that's just how I talk. Okay, no, you're a Christian. Uh, You ought to care most what God thinks about the way that you speak. And so each of us ought to be willing to change according uh, to what we find in Scripture. Again, Proverbs has a lot to say on this subject. Uh, if you've been going through the, the proverb of the day, as I've encouraged you to, uh, you, you've noticed this a lot. Almost every chapter of Proverbs has something to say about the way that we communicate. Proverbs 10, verse 31 says, The mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom, but the perverse tongue will be cut off. The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked, what is perverse. So there is a kind of speech that is acceptable and another kind of speech that is perverse. Uh, And while it may not be limited to profanity necessarily, I do think these verses would include that. Uh, There's a kind of speech that is acceptable and a kind of speech that is perverse. And God cares about how we speak. God says he hates perverted speech. Whether you are wise or foolish is quickly determined by the way that you talk. Proverbs points to our speech as one of the primary indicators as to whether or not we are wise. In other words, it becomes very quickly, uh, very clear, whether someone is a wise person or a fool if you listen to them speak. Wise people have wise things to say. Foolish people babble foolishness. Here are just a few texts that make this point. Uh, Proverbs 10, verse 13 On the lips of him who has understanding, wisdom is found, but a rod is for the back of him who lacks sense. The wise lay up knowledge, but the mouth of of a fool brings ruin near. Again, Proverbs 18 verse 4 says, The words of a man's mouth are deep waters. The fountain of wisdom is a bubbling brook. And then you contrast in Proverbs 15 2, which says, The tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouth of fools pour out folly. And so whether or not you are a wise person is very quickly determined by the way in which you use your words. 
Uh, Wise people commend knowledge. Their mouths are deep waters, fountains of wisdom, whereas fools pour out their folly. One of the primary reasons that this is true is because wise people speak with intentionality, whereas fools don't really consider the way that they communicate. Uh, Proverbs 10 verse 8 says, The wise of heart will receive commandments, but a babbling fool will come to ruin. Uh, That phrasing we're going to see a couple of times in Proverbs where it describes fools as babbling. Uh, It indicates that foolish people just say whatever comes to mind. What's in their heads very quickly comes out of their mouth. They don't contemplate how they ought to speak. And so that's what we want to do today. Spend some time intentionally considering what kinds of words are wise and what kinds of words are foolish. And then hopefully we can look at our own lives uh, in light of those realities and see where we might be able to improve ourselves. We're going to look at a dozen or so different categories in Proverbs of wise and foolish communication. Uh, But first, I want to cover just one kind of overarching principle uh, that sort of serves as the foundation to these categories. And this principle is that the way we speak can either bring life or death. Uh, Proverbs 18 verse 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. And we're going to see all sorts of ways in which this is true, how our words can either tear down or build up. Uh, They can either bless people around us and provide life, or they can destroy things and destroy relationships. Uh, Proverbs 12, verse 6 says, The words of the wicked lie in wait for blood, but the mouth of the upright delivers them. So again, you see the wicked person, the way he uses words, lies in wait for blood. It causes uh, disaster and harm to others, but the mouth of the upright delivers them. Uh, Again, Proverbs 16, a worthless man plots evil and his speech is like a scorching fire. So there's a kind of speech that destroys rather than giving life. Uh, In some cases, as these verses indicate, that destruction is intentional. Uh, Some people are are plotting evil and they use their words uh, to sort of set a fire. But in many cases, it may not be intentional. There are kinds of speaking that bring death even when it's not meaning to. Uh, Careless words, as we're we're going to talk about. Uh, Proverbs 10, verse 10, kind of along the same lines here. Whoever winks the eye causes trouble and a babbling fool will come to ruin. You see that phrasing again. Uh, The babbling fool causes trouble for himself and for others. But then verse 11 says, The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. So the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. I hope that all of us uh, want to be those kinds of people, those who bring joy and blessing and edification with our words. And so now let's get into some specific categories. What are the kinds of speech that Proverbs says is either wise or foolish. Uh, These are in no particular order, by the way. These are just sort of a random list of things that Proverbs has to say in relation to our words. The first category of foolish uh, speech is boastful words. Uh, We talked about this a little bit last week, but again, Proverbs 27.1, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. Let another praise you and not your own mouth, a stranger and not your own lips. Uh, Boasting about the future is unwise because whatever you're boasting about is subject to change. 
Uh, We saw some vivid examples of that last week. You remember King Nebuchadnezzar, he's boasting about his great kingdom, all the glory that he has and how powerful and rich he is. And immediately he is humbled by God and turned into basically an animal in the field eating grass for seven years. Uh, You and I may not have such a dramatic turn of events in our life, but nonetheless, boasting on our part assumes that we have control of our own life, which we just know isn't true. If you boast about the great job you have, you're assuming you're still going to have it tomorrow. If you boast of your strength, you you assume that it will be there for a while and you won't be hit by some debilitating disease. If you boast of your intelligence, you assume that your mental faculties will continue as they are. But whatever it is that we boast about, it could change in a moment. And so Proverbs urges us to avoid boasting about the future because we have no idea what the future may hold. Uh, Beyond boasting of our circumstances, then, Proverbs 27.2 tells us also not to praise ourselves. Uh, Don't brag about your own character or accomplishments. Let other people say positive things about you. You don't need to say them yourself. Uh, Nobody likes a self-promoting person. Even if what you're saying is true, uh, wise people let others come to realize their positive qualities through their own observation. And so if you do something good, uh, just keep quiet about it. Avoid boasting, avoid praising yourself. Next category of foolish speech is false words. Wise speech is that which is true. Uh, Proverbs has a lot to say about this, so much so that we're actually going to have an entire sermon dedicated to honesty and integrity. It's another main theme in Proverbs. Uh, but for now, just one text, or maybe two texts here. Proverbs 12, verse 22 says, Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his delight. Uh, Proverbs 24, 26, Whoever gives an honest answer kisses the lips. Now that's a strange proverb, uh, but a kiss in the ancient world was a sign of friendship. Uh, it was a common expression, sort of like, I guess, in our culture, maybe a hug uh, would be something like that. The point is that speaking honestly is a loving thing to do. Being the type of person who can be counted on to give an honest and straightforward answer is a kindness to everyone around you. And so wise people are truth tellers. We ought to be known as being honest people with our words, someone whose words can be trusted and relied upon. Christians should not be deceptive in any way. Sometimes we might say something that technically isn't lying, Uh, but we're being deceptive and we know it. Maybe we're withholding key information. We're saying something in such a way that while it may not technically be lying, it still is deceitful. And such is not the case with the wise. Uh, One specific kind of dishonest speech that Proverbs focuses on quite a bit is flattery. For example, Proverbs 26, uh, verse 28 says, A lying tongue hates its victims, and a flattering mouth works ruin. Uh, Nothing but pain and ruin can come from deception. Notice that this proverb speaks of lying as having victims. Uh, Often we don't think that way. We think when we lie, we're just protecting ourselves or we're uh, making ourselves look good. We're not thinking about the fact that we're actually harming someone else. But Proverbs says a lying tongue hates its victims. When you lie to someone, you are sinning against them. You are disrespecting the person you're speaking to. And then the last half of that proverb, excuse me, hones in on a 
particular kind of lying that I, I suspect most of us kind of think this is actually okay, and that is flattery. Flattery is insincere praise. It's been said before, gossip is saying something behind someone's back that you wouldn't say to their face. Flattery is the exact opposite. It's saying something to someone's face that you wouldn't say behind their back. It's saying something in an attempt maybe to come across as polite or kind, but it's really not honest. And Proverbs tells us to speak the truth, speak clearly and straightforwardly. Uh, Don't speak one way to someone's face and another way behind their back. You ought to be willing to say to them directly exactly the things that you say behind their back. And this is, again, a particular form of lying that really comes down to cowardice. Uh, We criticize someone to other people, but then we would never dare say that uh, to them face to face. And the Bible repeatedly urges us to avoid this habit. Uh, This is why Jesus in Matthew 18 tells Christians, if you have a problem with someone else in the church, your first course of action is supposed to be to go to them one-on-one and confront them with the issue. Uh, That's the opposite of our natural tendency. If I have an issue with somebody in the church, my natural tendency is go talk to everybody else about them and not actually confront them face to face. Again, this goes against our cowardice. We would rather tell everybody but that person what we think of them and then pretend to like them to their face. That's flattery. Here's a great description of what's really going on when we sin in this way. Proverbs 26, verse 24 and following says, whoever hates disguises himself with his lips and harbors deceit in his heart. When he speaks graciously, believe him not, for there are seven abominations in his heart. Though his hatred be covered with deception, his wickedness will be exposed in the assembly. That's, that's the sin of flattery. When we disguise what we're really thinking about someone and speak in a way that conceals our true feelings. Uh, One way to know if you have this problem is just ask yourself, would people be shocked at the way that you talk about them behind their back? Are there dozens of people out there who think of you as their friend, but then when you're not around them and you're talking about them, you're actually quite critical of them? Uh, Have you ever expressed your issues to them directly? It's an uncomfortable thing to do, but it is nothing short of deception when we speak one way to someone's face and another way about them to others. In other words, people should know where they stand with you because you speak directly and honestly to them. Proverbs 28 verse 23, whoever rebukes a man will afterward find more favor than he who flatters with his tongue. Again, getting across the idea that rebuking a person that you have an issue with rather than acting like you have no problem with them. Uh, I'm stressing this point again a bit because I think most of us think this really isn't a bad thing. We think it's the Christian thing to do, to just be nice, to be uh, polite to everyone. And so inwardly, we can't stand someone, but then we just sort of flatter them in an attempt to be nice. But that's not Christ-like at all. Look at the examples of Jesus in the Gospels. When was he anything less than direct with people? He didn't put on a facade of nicety. Even when he was invited over to the the house of the Pharisees, he openly rebuked them in, in their own homes. Yet many of us would think in a setting like that, the polite and decent thing to do is just pretend like you have nothing against the person. 
Look at the results of these two polar opposite kinds of communication. Again, in that verse we just read, whoever rebukes a man will afterward find more favor than he who flatters, meaning people will respect you more if you're just straight up and direct with them, uh, rather than if you flatter them to their face, but then uh, they find out you're actually being fake. Uh, Have you ever found out that somebody you thought liked you was bad-mouthing you behind your back. Uh, How did that feel? Uh, Not so good. Maybe you've seen somebody say something really critical to you about somebody else, and then when that other person is in the room, suddenly they have nothing but positive things to say. Thank you. Uh, And you start to think, if this person is that fake with other people, maybe they're the same way with me. Direct and honest communication over time will cause people to respect you more. They'll appreciate the fact that they know where they stand with you, even if they may not always respond well in the moment uh, to that sort of direct rebuke. Uh, By the way, this ought to be especially true in the church. All of these principles, I think, apply uh, in the workplace, in the home, in family relations, and so forth. Uh, But especially in the church, we ought to be able to speak with clarity and directness to one another. If you have a problem with somebody in this church, you ought to go to them one-on-one and try to work it out. Don't pretend everything is fine while you're harboring bitter feelings toward them. Christians ought to be known for direct and honest communication. Uh, Next, we'll pick up the speed a little bit on these. Proverbs teaches we should use our words to lift the spirit of the discouraged. Uh, This gets back to the idea again of our words either bringing life or death to those around us. Proverbs 12 verse 25 says, Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. Your words are powerful. If used with wisdom, you can be a great encouragement to someone who's going through a difficult time. Uh, Proverbs 12 25 describes someone who's in depression. His heart is weighing him down. And it says, One wise, well thought through word may just be what makes him glad. Of course, this presupposes you're paying enough attention to people around you to notice when they're dealing with anxiety or depression. Uh, But just in general, we ought to think about the effect that our words are having on others. A careless remark that's poorly stated can really negatively affect someone. And in the same way, a thoughtful word, a word of encouragement at the right time, has the power to lift one's spirit. Next category of speech has to do with Things that we say about others. We ought to be cautious when speaking to someone about someone else. Uh, First of all, make sure that what you're saying is actually true. Proverbs 10, verse 18, The one who conceals hatred has lying lips, and whoever whoever utters slander is a fool. Uh, This falls under what we talked about a moment ago with honest communication. You see in the first half, again, a, a condemnation of flattery, concealing hatred. But then look at the last half of the verse. Whoever utters slander is a fool. Don't be the type of person who just repeats rumors that you haven't actually verified. If you're going to say something critical about someone else, you better, first of all, make sure that it's accurate. But then beyond just the truthfulness of it, consider your motive. What are you trying to accomplish in being critical of someone to others? At times, it may actually be necessary Maybe that this person really needs to know this, but often it really isn't. 
Often we badmouth someone to others with far more nefarious motives. Uh, here are just a few negative examples of this sort of thing. Proverbs 11.9, With his mouth, the godless man would destroy his neighbor, but by knowledge, the righteous are delivered. So sometimes people use their words intentionally to destroy others. The person you're talking to doesn't really need to know this negative thing that you're telling them about someone else, but you tell them anyway. And really, your motive is just to destroy that person's reputation. Or look at Proverbs 17.9. Whoever covers an offense seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates close friends. Now, this seems to be particularly speaking of when someone wrongs you, when somebody does something uh, against you personally, why are you repeating that to others? Again, maybe there's a good reason. Maybe there are times when someone needs to know. But most of the time, the wise and loving thing to do is keep that to yourself. Whenever you're tempted to be critical of someone else to others, ask yourself these four questions. Number one, have I talked to that person directly about this? That's the first place to start. If you have a problem with somebody else, the very first thing you ought to do in the vast majority of life situations is talk to the person you have the problem with face-to-face before you ever breathe a word of it to others. Number two question to ask yourself, why am I about to tell this other person? What's my motivation? If your motivation is really just because you want this person to be on your side and think negatively of that other person, don't say it. Don't use your words to tarnish others' reputation needlessly. A third question to consider, does this person need to know what I'm about to tell them? Again, there may be instances where someone really does need to know. If you see a married man hanging out with another woman and it really looks like a bad situation, you probably should tell the wife. There may be some times where it's truly necessary to inform someone of something negative about another person, but rarely is that going to be more than one person. And so in the situation of a cheating husband, for example, yes, the wife needs to be told, but that's about it. You don't need to just go spreading this around to every person that you know. At that point, it really just becomes gossip for the fun of it. You're not actually doing anything productive. Number four, is the person that I'm wanting to tell this negative thing about someone else in a position to be able to do anything about the situation? Okay, maybe you see somebody at work, uh, they're doing something they're not supposed to do. If it's a serious issue, you may need to talk to their supervisor. But there's no reason to go to all of your other coworkers who can do nothing about the situation and tell them about it. Again, the idea is if you're going to say something negative, usually it should be said directly to the person with whom you have the issue. Or if it must be told to someone else, it ought to be someone who really needs to know and can take action on it. We want to resist the natural tendency that we feel to just spread negative things about others to people who don't really need to know. If somebody had a bit of negative or embarrassing information about you, uh, you would want the circle of people who know about that to remain as small as possible. And we ought to extend the same courtesy to others. Uh, here's a situation where this really comes up a lot. When you break up or divorce someone, our natural tendency is to tell everybody who will listen all of the negative things that we know about that other person. Uh, Christians should not do that. Unless there's a specific reason, keep that to yourself. Uh, don't repeat things about others unless you know for certain that it's true. 
And then still, even if it is true, don't repeat it to others if it's not really necessary. One more on this, Proverbs 25, 23. The north wind brings forth rain and a backbiting tongue, angry looks. Uh, Don't be the kind of person that is known for having a backbiting tongue. Okay, next category of foolish speech is mocking words. Proverbs 11, verse 12. Whoever belittles his neighbor lacks sense, but a man of understanding remains silent. I have to be honest and admit, I struggle with this one. I have one of those minds that instantly generates uh, witty and sarcastic insults, especially if somebody is arguing with me or insulting me. Uh, There's like seven things that are right in my mind, ready to go, uh, that will just humiliate them instantly and bring them down to size. And Proverbs says to people like me, keep those clever remarks to yourself. Just be quiet. Uh, Ironically, when we belittle others... We think we're smarter than them. We're intending to make them look foolish. But Proverbs says that behavior actually reveals you're the one lacking sense. If you were a wise man, you would remain silent. Moving on here, Proverbs encourages us to be people who are able to keep a secret. This kind of goes along with the slandering of others. Uh, But Proverbs 11 verse 13 says, Whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets. But he who is trustworthy in spirit keeps a thing covered. Can you be trusted to keep something secret? Uh, You'll notice as we go through these categories of wise and foolish speech, how much of this is just a matter of not saying anything in certain situations. It comes down to whether or not we have self-control enough to keep our mouth shut, or if we simply say everything that is in our minds. Uh, Very similarly in Proverbs 20.19, Whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with a simple babbler. A fool makes private information public. He is loose-lipped. He just babbles everything that he knows. Proverbs says, not only don't be that kind of person, but don't associate with them either. Be the kind of person instead who who can be trusted to keep a secret. When somebody says something to you in confidence, that it doesn't leave the room. Next, foolish speech is not thought through. Proverbs 12, verse 18. There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. I love that imagery. Uh, Rash words that aren't thought through very well. It's like somebody just wildly thrashing around with a sword. No control or purpose, but somebody's going to end up hurt. Whereas a wise person who considers what he says and speaks with intentionality brings healing. Again, you see the theme in this verse of how our words can either bring death or life to those around us. Have you ever said something mindlessly and instantly regretted it? Uh, You weren't thinking, you just quickly blurted something out and it ended up hurting someone. Proverbs urges us to carefully consider our words. Uh, Sometimes just that two-second pause before you say something will spare you a lot of regret. Proverbs 15, verse 28, The heart of the righteous ponders how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. Again, the the lesson there is just think before you speak. Uh, We ought to consider what to say and how best to say it. This is characteristic of wise people. The fool blurts out whatever is in his mind. Wise people are reflective. Foolish people are impulsive. And this is especially the case when it comes to our words. 
Here's another kind of rash speech, Proverbs 20, verse 25. It is a snare to say rashly it is holy and to reflect only after making vows. So this is speaking of somebody dedicating something to God without really considering what they're saying and doing. Uh, This principle would apply to many areas of life, but basically, don't be the kind of person who commits to something without really thinking it through, who just quickly agrees to something, promises something, but then your words can't be taken seriously. Uh, One more on this, Proverbs 29.20. Do you see a man who is hasty in his words? There is more hope of a fool than for him. More hope for fools than people who talk too fast. Yikes. Uh, that should all get, that should give all of us pause. Uh, next category is gentle words. Sometimes what you're saying is true and it's direct and it's honest and it's needing to be said and you've thought it through, but it doesn't need to be said like that. Uh, Proverbs 15 verse 4, a gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. Again, this relates to using our words to bring life rather than death. Some of how we accomplish that is just in the way that we word things. Proverbs 16.24 says, Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul, and health to the body. Uh, Proverbs has used this illustration before of honey, uh, but it's both sweet to the taste and it's good for you. The way we speak to others should be like that. We should say what needs to be said, what will be beneficial to the person we're speaking to, but we should say it in a way that can be received. Words that will be truly helpful to the person and words that are gracious, which means you've thought through the best way to word this so that it will be received well by the person you're speaking to. Proverbs 22.11, He who loves purity of heart and whose speech is gracious will have the king as his friend. In other words, Proverbs is saying, if you figure this out, if you figure out how to say things in a way that is gracious, that can be received by the person you're talking to, Everyone will want to be your friend. You'll have influence over others if you master the ability to speak graciously. Proverbs 25.15, With patience a ruler may be persuaded, and a soft tongue will break a bone. Uh, Don't forget what we've already said about direct communication. We're not talking about flattery here. We're talking about speaking honestly and directly with people. Speak candidly. Speak the truth. But you can do that in a way that isn't unnecessarily abrasive. You can speak clearly, but also patiently and gently. And Proverbs says that the gentle approach is actually far more effective. Uh, Harsh words that are spoken with just a kind of a brashness, that often hardens the will of the person you're talking to, whereas soft words can break through. Next, uh, the last Category here of wise speech is timely words. Proverbs 25.11, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. Like a gold ring or an ornament of gold is a wise reprover to a listening ear. Again, Proverbs 15.23, to make an apt answer is a joy to a man and a word in season, how good it is. Maybe you're saying the right thing, You're saying it in the right way, you're being thoughtful and intentional and gracious, but you're saying it at the wrong time. And this is something that takes a lot of thought, a lot of intentionality to consider the best time to say something. Uh, Here are a couple of examples of poorly timed speech. 
Proverbs 25.20 says, Whoever sings songs to a heavy heart is like one who takes off a garment on a cold day and like vinegar on soda. Now, the reference to soda there, don't think Diet Coke or something. It's talking about an ointment that would be put on wounds. And the vinegar would basically offset the, the uh, use of the ointment. It would ruin it. And so, one of the ways that we get timing wrong in our speech is not being sensitive to the mood of the person. If somebody is depressed, singing a song to them is just going to make them hate you. Uh, so consider the person's mood, whether or not it's really a good time to be saying what you're needing to say to them. Uh, here's another really good practical bit of advice. Proverbs 27, verse 14. Whoever blesses his neighbor with a loud voice rising early in the morning will be counted as cursing. Uh, no explanation needed there. Uh, we all know morning people, and maybe you're one of those awful people, or somebody in your family is that just goes around early in the morning when everybody's half asleep, and you're really loud, and everybody just wants to slap you. Uh, so maybe what you're wanting to say is really good, but the timing is wrong. So be sensitive. Be sensitive to the person's mood and whether or not now is a good time to speak about this. Well, as we've seen already, it's been hinted at in several of these categories of speech. One way to avoid a lot of these issues with communication is just to limit how much we speak. Proverbs 10, verse 19. When words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. The tongue of the righteous is choice silver, the heart of the wicked is of little worth. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack of sense. The more you speak, the more likely you are to end up saying something dumb or even something sinful. I recognize the irony of that now that I'm about 30 minutes uh, through a sermon here, but hang with me. Some of you are thinking, yeah, David, you should probably speak a little less and cut this short. Uh, again, Proverbs 17, a similar thought. Whoever restrains his words has knowledge, and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. Uh, that's an interesting proverb. The more that you speak, the more likely you are to say something foolish. And Proverbs says, others will consider you wise if you keep silent. So here's a homework assignment for you. This is a really fun thing to do. Next time you're in a situation where there's a bunch of people talking over each other and nobody's really listening, sit back quietly for a while and just say nothing. And then whenever there's a break in the conversation, and it may take several minutes to get there, then when there's silence, you speak. And you'll notice everybody in the room will pay attention to what you say. People who talk constantly are often ignored. People who speak rarely are listened to closely. Proverbs 12, verse 23, a prudent man conceals knowledge, but the heart of fools proclaims folly. Uh, note that at the beginning of the verse, a wise person conceals knowledge, meaning you don't have to say everything that you know. Wise people know a lot of things that they don't necessarily share. And here's a bit of wisdom for all of us. If you're feeling like you've failed maybe in some of these areas of communication we've talked about, Proverbs 30, verse 32, if you have been foolish, exalting yourself, or if you've been devising evil, put your hand on your mouth. Most of us would be a lot better off if we just spoke less. There are times when we need to speak, times when we should speak thoughtfully in ways that benefit others, but there's also times when it's best to say nothing and exercise some restraint. 
Along the same lines, Proverbs encourages us to listen more than we speak. Proverbs 18, verse 2. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. Don't be that kind of person. Don't be the person uh, who doesn't really listen when other people are saying something, but instead is just sort of waiting for them to stop talking so you can get what you want to say out. Instead, listen and actually consider what others say. Ultimately, what Proverbs 18.2 is describing is a prideful person, a person who thinks that your opinions are more important than everybody else's opinions, and so you don't really listen to what they say, and you just want to blurt out whatever you're thinking. Proverbs 18, verse 13, if one gives an honest, I'm sorry, if one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. Learn to really listen to what others are saying, and that usually means not being so quick to respond. Uh, God gave us two ears and one mouth. Take the hint. Uh, our words matter. God cares about how we speak, how we use our words. Our words can have an effect, an impact on others far greater than we may realize. And all of us can either use our words for good or bad. We can bring life or death through our speech. Proverbs 11.11 says, By the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted. But by the mouth of the wicked, it is overthrown. So you see the mouth of the wicked, the speech of a foolish person, has an impact on the entire community. Those around him are impacted by the way that he speaks. Proverbs 12.13, An evil man is ensnared, by the transgression of his lips, but the righteous escapes from trouble. So not only do our words impact others, they impact us as well. Learning to control your speech and follow these principles of wisdom we've looked at today will save you from a lot of trouble. Proverbs 13.3, whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. He who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. Uh, Proverbs 14.3, by the mouth of a fool comes a rod for his back, but the lips of the wise will preserve them. So you see that the speech of a foolish person brings discipline and anger from other people. Uh, this is really clear in, in Proverbs 18. A fool's lips walk into a fight, and his mouth invites a beating. A fool's mouth is his ruin, and his lips are a snare to his soul. The words of a whisperer are like delicious morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body. Our words are consequential. The way that you speak can either be a positive good, a source of life and blessing to those around you, or it can be a scorching fire, destroying everything in your, in your sight. Proverbs 20, verse 15, There is gold and abundance of costly stones, but the lips of knowledge are a precious jewel. Your words, if spoken wisely, can be valuable, but that will not happen on accident. Proverbs invites us, again, to be intentional with the way that we speak, to not to mindlessly say things in careless ways at inappropriate times, but instead to carefully consider the way that we speak, to the way that we use our words to bring blessing and life to ourselves and to those around us. Now, Proverbs twenty-one twenty-three: whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. Two more quick principles related to how we speak. First of all, make sure your life is in alignment with your speech. Proverbs 26, verse 7. Like a lame man's legs, which hang useless, is a proverb in the mouth of fools. Again, just a couple of verses later, like a thorn that goes up into the hand of a drunkard, 
is a proverb in the mouth of fools. No one will listen to anything wise that you may have to say if you're not living it out. A foolish person who has some wise things to say will not be listened to. Uh, As it's been said before, your talk talks and your walk talks, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. So make sure that you're living wisely if you expect others to take your advice seriously. Uh, Two more passages as we close here. Proverbs 15, verse 26. It says, The thoughts of the wicked are an abomination to the Lord, but gracious words are pure. Notice there the direct tie from our thinking to our speech. The thoughts of the wicked are an abomination, but gracious words are pure. So if our thoughts are pure, it leads to gracious words. Uh, Here's another passage that brings us out more clearly in Proverbs 4, verse 23. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. So this proverb tells us it really starts in our hearts, and then it flows out from there. It's good for you to learn how to control your mouth, to stop yourself from saying things that you shouldn't say. But it's even better to control your thinking. Because if your mind is pure and right, your speech will flow from that. As Jesus put it, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What's in your heart will eventually come out of your mouth. And so let's summarize everything we looked at today. I know we've got a lot of different directions here related to speech. Let's kind of put it all together. Proverbs presents to us two paths, the path of the fool or the path of the wise. The fool's speech, here's the characteristics of the fool's speech. Number one is rash words. He doesn't think before speaking. He babbles whatever comes into his mind. Number two, boasting. The fool is quick to praise himself, to brag about things that he does, and even to boast about things he doesn't ultimately have control over. Number three, deception. Fool's speech is deceptive. They lie. They deceive with their words. They can't be trusted to accurately and honestly convey things. They flatter others and avoid direct confrontation of issues. Number four, slander. Fools love to gossip. They love spreading rumors to other people. As soon as a fool finds out something negative about somebody else, He begins spreading that bit of information to anyone who will listen. Fools damage the reputation of others for sport. Number five, mocking. Fools are known for their mocking and belittling of others. If you disagree with a fool, if you argue with a fool, they will snap back with ridicule. And then number six, they reveal secrets. Fools cannot be trusted with any information that you don't want spreading to other people. So those are the characteristics of foolish speech presented in the book of Proverbs. Then Proverbs presents the way of wisdom with regard to our words. The wise person's speech, number one, is intentional. Wise people think before they speak. Secondly, the wise person's uh, speech is characterized by honesty and clarity. Wise people speak with transparency. They are direct. They're straightforward. They're not flattering. Number three, edifying. Wise people seek to lift up others with their speech. They want their words to bring life and healing to those around them rather than destruction. And then number four, gentleness. Wise people consider not only what to say, but how to say it. 
using the best wording that will have the most positive effect on the person they're speaking to. Number five, timely. Wise people consider not only what to say and how to say it, but also when to say it. A part of their intentionality with their words is carefully considering if now is really the best time for them to speak. And then number six, restraint. Wise people are slow to speak. They often remain silent rather than giving into foolish patterns of mocking or rash words that are not thought through well and will later be regretted. And so these are the, the sort of the parallel images that Proverbs provides for us, the fool's speech and the wise person's speech. And once again, we ought to look to Jesus as the perfect example of how we are to speak. His words were always truthful, always direct and clear. You see that over and over uh, throughout the Gospels. He was gentle and appropriate to the grieved and heartbroken. And Jesus even knew when to say nothing. You remember during his trial, while they were mocking him and spitting on him, he said nothing in response. He perfectly exemplified wise speech. And now it's time for each of us to consider the path of our feet. Which way are you walking down? The way of wisdom that brings life and blessing to others, or the way of the fool that leads to division and trouble? Wisdom is crying out to us today if we will listen and learn. And now we all have the choice to make. Will we scoff at the instruction of Proverbs about how we are to speak, or will we choose the way of wisdom? Let's pray together.